The Athletic. Hello and welcome to Film the Rookery, a podcast about life following Watford Football Club, brought to you by The Athletic. Uh, it's Saturday night and I like the way you move. I'm so disappointed if you didn't do that, John. Well <laughs> Two bald guys here, Wigfield is very appropriate. <laughs> it's all, also alright for fighting. My name's John, with me is Mike. Uh, hello. 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 It, uh, that, uh, uh, hello, we'll tell you that this is our pre-match. Uh, it is only... It's only quarter past five because this game doesn't kick off till six o'clock. Jason is here as well. Good evening. Uh, and we're gonna we gather around Mike's house uh, to to watch the game on the television because Watford uh, six pointer must win. No, 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 no. We're not doing that today, Michael, because Roy says so. But we have got this game at the third attempt today, and I personally told you and the WhatsApp group do not talk about this lineup because I want to give it to you too fresh. Right. Annoyingly. Colin did message the group. Thank you, Colin. A rare breaking of the rules by the brigadier there. Not sure it's court martial offence, but nonetheless, he's been put on notice. So, here's the lineup. In goal, Ben Foster. Back line of Kamara, Cathcart, Samir, and Feminia. Jason, no surprises there, really? No, no. I think that's probably what we expected, although, um, obviously, when we did the little... Exercise last week. Mm. I went for Ngakia, but Roy, he, Roy knows what he's doing, you know. He's, yeah. I, I trust him. In Roy, we trust. Yes. Uh, midfield of Sissoko. Not a big surprise there. Alongside him, Kembe, Kuchka, and Ken Semmer. I just, I just assumed Tom Cleverley would play, Mike. Yeah, me too. I think he's important for Watford in terms of what he can do, especially in a game like this against Burnley, and especially Burnley in this state and especially away from home big big surprise big opportunity for for Kutzka to to prove himself because he's gone off the boil uh, massively and for me I mean the last away game I went to was Brentford uh, and Ken Semmer came on as a sub in that game on the right hand side and you me or Jace would have done (laughs) substantially better than poor old King Ken on that occasion so massive opportunity for him presumably out on the on the left hand side mm. and we'll just have to wait and see how they how they set up but yeah he's been brought in effectively from the cold massive opportunity for him but yeah big big responsibility on Kuchka's shoulders as well perhaps now we understand why Kiko is playing because there's no natural right-sided midfielder there so perhaps Kiko will be given license to bomb up and down the flank mm, up front I, I, I'm saying this is a 4 4 2 because I do believe this is going to be. Uh, and up front, King and Jao Pedro. Without Dennis being a choice, Kucho wouldn't be the choice after the sort of recent form of Jao Pedro and Mr. King. Joshua, as we like to call him now, not Josh as he used to be at Bournemouth. Happy with that tactically, Jason? Mm, yeah, time will tell. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the midfield, um, especially with Kutzker in. But we don't know what role he's been given, so that that remains to be seen. And, and indeed, what the lineup will be, we're assuming four four two, but it could become a, a four three three. You've got Pedro there, who in theory could play a bit wider. In theory, he could drop and play a, a number ten role. So there, there's different options there, I think. So yeah, Kutska does worry me because the yeah. game just just sort of passes him by sometimes, and he ends up having to sort of 
chase after the game. But if if we do play a four three three, then perhaps that will suit him more. If it's if it becomes a four four two, and one of those midfielders is out playing as a, an unnatural wide midfielder, and he's left in the middle. Yeah. I think we're in, we're in for trouble. That's well, he did quite well at, uh, at right back, didn't he? Perhaps that's what we're going to do. Perhaps he's going to play right back and Kike's going to play right midfield yeah. and Roy's completely flummoxed us all. <laughs> I like that idea. That four-three-three sounds probably the most sensible and most likely with the personnel we have. The concerns for me are Kiko at right back. He needs to make sure that he stays switched on. Kuzco, as Jason's alluded to, and and Ken, I think he's got he's just got to deliver. We haven't, you know, we have struggled. I've said almost ad nauseum on the podcast. We haven't got a problem going forward. We haven't got a problem. We have a little bit really because we haven't scored that many goals at, of late. So, yeah, it's uh, they're they're the three that if they're on it, we're in with a chance. But they're going to have to be on it, and the and the two centre backs as well, straight from the off. We know what's happening. I'm assuming the Burnley's new big horse is is playing, so they'll be. Not route one, but they'll be getting balls into the box as soon as they can. And our boys have got to be just got to be ready for it. So uh, over to them. Over to them. Well, I think the good thing is I'm starting a new lucky trend. I've got my retro Watford shirt, newly purchased from the Hornet shop, of the Held and Post home shirt from 1988, 89, sort of the late 80s. And I do believe this is the best Watford shirt ever. Not greatest, being very clear and obvious with my choices here. It is the best, because look at the collar, Mike. We haven't had this sort of detail since. I like the understated pattern that you have on the, the shirt itself, on the pattern. It, it, you know, we, we're used to lots of graphics now. And we went a bit too far in the 90s, but this is just a very subtle one. It's got the old badge with the old font. Yeah. And I just feel the Herald and Post sponsorship, yes, it was a local newspaper. It doesn't necessarily have the kudos, let's say, of, of other sponsors that we've had. But I think the font choice in Herald and Post and the fact it's underlined <laughs> really adds to the professionalism of this shirt. And also that the collar, I love the fact that it's got the poppers on it. So actually more often than not, you'll wear your collar properly. You're not going to have the thing of like being up around your ears like Eric Cantona. So I just think it just oozes quality. And if things go well today, I'm taking it all because this is a new shirt and this is the thing. That's going to be the new lucky charm. Well, I, I may be starting a trend because my T-shirt is actually in Burnley colours, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I'm deep enough. It's, it's, no, it's, a, it's a popular fashion brand, which means I probably didn't buy it, so I must have bought it for <laughs> um, And the good news is it, it's, it's claret and blue, so it means uh, I won't have to change T-shirts for when we play West Ham during the week. So it's, it's win-win for me. If I tell you what, if Watford win this game, I'll buy Jace that shirt. <laughs> That Herald and Post shirt, how about that? Well, you've got a new shirt, Mike. I have. It arrived, I think, this time last week. It arrived this time last week. And it is, you say, this is yours is the best. I mean, it is beautiful. Hats off to, to Copper, who, who made them. They, they really are. If you haven't seen these uh, these repro shirts, they're absolutely beautiful. Do, do have a look at them and, and treat yourself. But I dropped through the letterbox last Saturday and I scampered to the front door like a kid waiting for a shoot magazine on a Saturday morning of old, ripped it open, and there it was. The angels were singing. It was uplit like the, like the briefcase out of Pulp Fiction, and it was the, the Away Kit, the Solvite White Away Kit. And what, so what year is that? Is that? That's 84, 85? 85 to 88. And I've got the, I had the home shirt as a kid, which I've still got, 
worn into almost oblivion, but it's still here and it still sort of looks looks good. But to have the white one, uh, it's an adult size as well. Oh my god! I've never been so excited to have a bit of a bit of nylon or whatever it's made out of in my hands. So yeah, it came from came from a guy in Germany who he sort of buys and sells um, football shirts and sort of I, I bought like a random Croatian sweatshirt off him from some Croatian team. I think they're in the third division or something. And he mentioned to me when I bought it, he said, oh, I've just picked this up. Let me, get, let me go and get a picture of it from the, this, this Watford shirt you might like. And he sent me this picture. I almost dropped my phone down the toilet. <laughs> I was like, and I tried to play it cool. I was like, yes, sir, yes, yes. I think I might be quite interested in that. I'll, I'll have it. And yeah, now it's, it's upstairs. One, I posted it on Twitter and the best, the best response was, hang it in the bathroom while you have a shower. And then all the creases come out because it's been folded yeah. up and sent from Germany. So that's, that's good for twofold. One, because it gets the creases out. And two, I don't have to let it out of my sight. <laughs> I like the fact that is it really authentic? Because I don't know why it might, you know, it might be a dodgy bunch of shirts. But the the bit that separated because it's got the the band that goes across the middle, yeah. the bit that separated the black and the red was a yellow bit of material, but not the white because the the you know exactly the same the home the home yellow kit. Did did you notice that detail? I'm going I'll go and have a look in a minute. Okay, go and have a look. Game's not far off. Uh, but we'll be uh, let's see how this this evening goes whatever happens lads we'll have a couple of drinks and have some fun hopefully the Watford game won't ruin it too much come on yawns from the rookery end a podcast about life following Watford FC half time nil nil uh, at the turf moor I don't think you call it the turf moor the turf the turf if you're a local yeah uh, and well lots of things happen particularly at the end but we'll get to that because it's at the end uh, we're to the kitchen slightly echoier uh, that's because both Arlo and Eli are in the front room being a bit loud and leery and so is Florence really she was very disappointed about that last decision but Michael we start the game it wasn't great no but the formation was was it was it clear and was it was it Stuck to well, it looked like four three three. Very quickly, it became apparent that was the the formation, uh, and I thought Watford started badly. Quite frankly, they looked like the occasion got to them a little bit. They looked a little bit nervous, and the game was probably for I don't know, eighteen twenty minutes, almost played exclusively in in Watford's half. And it was like, oh crikey, this is the team that's won once all season. I turned to Jason and say, and said, well how do we get out of this if this is how we're, we're under the cosh against a team that's won one game all season it's going to be a long afternoon a long evening and then almost yeah. exactly from that point <laughs> it was all Watford certainly territorially anyway and they sort of they they grew into the game they sort of encroached into the game because I, I don't think they grabbed it by the, no. the scruff of the neck and sort of took control but bit by bit they did sort of end up start playing more football in the Burnley half which you know <laughs> Sounds like slim pickings in terms of positives, but the way the game turned round, I guess, and we started asking more questions that, than they did, certainly for the last sort of 20, 25 minutes. So some positives, but yeah, again, just worried by the start. And again, it reminded, it took me back to Norwich on where the first thing I thought was they're, they're struggling. You know, ball's getting caught under feet. They didn't really know where the passes were supposed to be going. The basics is probably overdoing it a little bit, but it looked hard. Football mm. looked hard for them, and it felt like it was a little bit like that tonight. And in, in, in their defence, the, the weather looks absolutely atrocious. Mm, the yeah. wind, rain. You sometimes, when you get the wide angle, you can't see the rain that's battering down. Then you get a touchline thing, and you say, oh, crikey, it's absolutely bucking it down. It was a close call there for Craith Cathcart to do one up 
on Trooster Kong, didn't just duck out the way, he sort of slid down and had a lay down in the middle of the pitch. But of course, that was because it was wet. But he, so he did do that, and I, we joked about it, said if we could, yeah. we could sum up Watford's season in one, <laughs> one replay, it was Craig Cathcart sort of slipping over. But he, he, you know, he did quite well a couple of minutes later or five minutes later to get up to, to clear a header away. And what we said they have to do is be alert to those, those balls in. And so far, when they've been asked to it, they've, they've dealt with it just about. So credit to Cathcart, he got up and won an important header. And in games like this, where they are team two teams that have struggled for goals, struggled for wins, there that's going to be the difference. And if, you, if your players do what they're supposed to do, you're halfway there. Yeah, uh, worries, Jason? Were they, uh, were they seen from Ken and Kuchka? Um, let's start with Kuchka. I thought he did all right, didn't he? I think we sort of talked about it being a 4-3-3 formation. I think it has sort of transformed into a 4-4-2 at times with... Kutska sort of playing the wider role of those three midfielders and he's done okay and and uh, you've got the what you'd expect from him he's sort of fighting hard and getting stuck in the tackle but actually he's put a couple of decent balls in as well and sort of worked okay with Kiko who's crosses have not been quite so good (laughs) Um, over here at times so I think he's done all right Ken yeah not too bad he's I think like Watford he Grew into the game a little, a little bit. It, it wasn't the, the the greatest start, I don't think, from him. Um, but I think it was him at the end that that had that ball into the box that hit a hand. Maybe <laughs> yeah, it did hit a hand, Jason. It was was it a penalty? Or not it wasn't. Mike, are you, are you giving it? He he clearly had his arms out. Maybe not in that direction. Are we getting? Are we picking too much? I don't think he's trying to handball it. No. So I guess in the if you take it back to the the essence of the law is the handball law is to stop people sort of getting an advantage by handballing it, isn't it? And I don't think that was ever the defender's intention. So if that's given against me on a Sunday morning, I'm disappointed. But how many times have we seen... You play on a Sunday morning, never. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because I defend with my arms outstretched and give away loads of penalties. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the replays. They've obviously looked at it with VR. It's not a penalty. We just need to, we need to, yeah, yeah. we need to get on with it. But one decision though that was a bit annoying and unjust was uh, the yellow card for for Joshua King. Never, never, never a yellow card. If you if you watch it, he's looking at the ball all the way. He's got his arms out, ready to jump, and he the, he doesn't know the player's there. And it's not really dangerous either, in my opinion. He's he, he jumps and the. Defenders come in quite rightly to challenge for the ball, and he's caught him. Not a yellow card. It may be that he got booked for the descent afterwards because okay. obviously he wasn't happy with the decision about it being a free kick either. Um, gave a bit of chat back to the referee, so I'm I'm kind of hoping that the yellow card is for descent and that it is deserved because if if, if it's for the foul, yeah. never a yellow card. But the thing with that is that the descent law doesn't seem to be imposed at all. You know, you hear it the amount of abuse that refs and linesmen get is shocking. And it didn't look like he was vehemently, he was asking the question. He was saying, what for, what for, what for? So I think that's a a very strange yellow card, certainly in the context of this game. We've already talked about the conditions with, you know, there's some big lads flying into some meaty tackles. That for me, it it was an odd, odd decision. And of course it changes his game. He's got to be wary now about when he goes up for the... For, for any balls that are put in or a cross that's put in, if that's a yellow card, he's got to have that in his mind that he doesn't do the same again. If it's Whether it's a foul or not, he can't have it interpreted as a foul because he's off the pitch. And if he's our out, if he's our number nine, 
it makes it very, really very difficult. And I, I just think either way, you'd hope it was for dissent in, in as much as otherwise it's a really, really bad decision. But by the same token, I've seen a lot worse dissent than yeah, that, lot, lot, not, lot not get a yellow card. So a, a curious one for me that, and, and let's hope it doesn't come back to bite us uh, on the on the backside, or yeah, or elbow us in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not exactly the the direct changes for him on the bench. Fletcher, yes, but again, like I say, Ken grew into the game. He's maybe a part of that is because he's actually playing football. Fletcher hasn't really played any games of football, and he's sort of the only yeah. like for like because I don't think Cucho would no. necessarily be a, a straight swap. So there's plenty of niceness to talk about and to build on and I think he said I, I, I definitely felt that they were at the beginning of the game almost felt like they were playing you know before Roy and then we've sort of slowly grown into Roy and that way of playing football as the game's gone on so let's see what happens in the second half only good things only good things <laughs> From the rookery end. Clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet. Watford, nil. Burnley, nil. We haven't done that for a very long time, ladies and gentlemen. Watford kept a clean sheet. Uh, Statisticians statisticians will make you think that it's been two years. It hasn't. It's just been two years since we've got in the Premier League. But we are going to do our best to get something out of this draw and see if we can find our little chat with Michael Parkin and Jason Bailey. And my only comrade in this fight, I feel, <laughs> for finding positivity is Martin Keown, uh, who talked wonderfully about Watford and what might happen in our fight for survival uh, post-match on BT Sport. Thank you, Martin, uh, for the first time and only time in my life. Mike, come on, it was, uh, it was very windy in this house thanks to you but also <laughs> at the turf yeah I mean look I think uh, before we carry on I do want to touch on the handball we had a chance to look at it again yeah. and I think I stand by what I said he didn't handball it on purpose but he made his body such a size that it was always going to hit his hand so for me I've changed my mind that should have been a penalty so a bit unlucky there let's get the other negatives out the way early I think it still looks to me like it's Watford, Burnley and Norwich and perhaps Newcastle. We remain to see what sort of Newcastle 2.0 ends up looking like. But we look a long way away from the rest of the Premier League, I think, in terms of quality. Because I think the thing that let Watford down and probably Burnley down to a lesser degree, I thought Watford were actually the better side. But what prevented Watford from picking up three points was decision making and just that cutting edge in front of goal. And, I, and to not beat Burnley this season isn't, isn't great. We have to be honest about that. They've won one game all season. We're not much better, but we have won four games. So yet again, we've come up short against a, a relegation rival. You know, Nick Pope's had a couple of saves to make, but is he going to bed thinking, cool, oh, crikey, I really earned my clean sheet bonus tonight? I, I don't think so. Tarkovsky got man of the match whether that was for a couple of cynical fouls when, when Watford are breaking it without getting booked that he, that he got that accolade, I'm, I'm not sure. So it's a, it's a difficult one. We, we, got, we got the clean sheet. Yeah. And you mentioned Martin Keogh there. And what gives it, he, he said two things. Well, it's actually Peter Crouch said, right, Roy Hodgson's come in, first game, clean sheet, something to build on. And he mentioned Emmanuel Dennis and Ismail Assar, two players to come back. I think with those two in the side, we'll probably win that game. 
What are you talking about, Michael? You e- e- either you talk about the negatives or the positives or the what, and I think that's probably where, where most of us are feeling after that game, is actually, is there enough to start feeling excited? Not excited, but to not be all dread that we're going down and we're definitely going down. There are still 17 games of football to go. Is there even a nugget of something that we can sort of build upon? Let's talk about some of those players, though. Defensively, Jason, Kiko... Cathcart, Samir, Kamara. They kept a clean sheet, also with the help of Big Ben Foster in the goal. They did their business. They didn't seem necessarily like they were, I mean, they weren't an impenetrable wall, but they were, they were, they did their business. Yeah, and you have to include the midfield in that as well, I think, as well. The, um, they dealt with Wakehorse, that was our biggest worry, wasn't it? And then we saw Cornet's back as well and playing, and you sort of look at those two and think, well, they could cause us a lot of problems. We know what. Burnley are about balls into the box they were winning set pieces particularly in the first half where we're giving free kicks away and you think well we don't want to be doing that you had the guy was it Roberts putting in the long throws as well uh, again and they never really looked like scoring I we it was the best of a bad bunch but I think we, we were slightly the better team we did have slightly the better chances and the defence dealt with the strike as well and as a unit with the midfield, we were getting back behind the ball quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were putting the pressure on, when they did have those spells early in the first half, and, and again, sort of perhaps towards the end of the, the, the second half, they, they were starting to build a bit more momentum. But as a unit, we were keeping it narrow. We were sort of getting bodies in the box so that when they were trying to break, they had no easy through ball I think I a couple of times I saw in the whole game where it looked like there was a gap that they were about to exploit they didn't but other than that the gaps weren't there there, there, there wasn't the room for them to play any kind of football to create the chances to play their way through in any way shape or form and when they did get shot away when there was a 50-50 ball we were closing down quickly or we were getting bodies in the way so the overall yeah the defence and everyone as a, as a defensive unit did very well Would you say there was a if you had to give a percentage increase from under Claudio to under Roy as a unit what, what would you give a, a much of a percentage increase? Oh well let's, if, let's if we've if gone we from So Jase you do have to weight it judging by the opposition as well okay so so let's go yeah so not too much because our last game was Norwich at home where we conceded three so yeah to then for an away performance uh, we never like the North West have we Um, as a a percentage improvement I I would put it quite high I would it's going to be somewhere sort of 60 70% i guess okay. so yeah right. I, I, defensively i think it, it was it was solid it, we we didn't yeah we didn't allow them much at all no, i know what you're saying i know what you're saying mark about the, the opposition you're up against yeah. but i like the fact that we were playing them in this first game under roy in this new system in his new way of thinking it would have been wrong or it would have been unfortunate and maybe detrimental if we had ended up playing manchester city in roy's first game so yes you are right to put the caveats of who we were playing, but it was it was far it looked far more far more organised once yeah. we once we got into that game. And that's exactly what I was going to say. We've talked, we've had a big break for, from football, and since Roy's come in, I think organised is the word that we've probably all used more than any other when describing his 
his setup and what we're hoping to get out of it. And, and we were that. Jason's described it it perfectly. We heard the boos actually at the end at, at Turf Moor, which I thought was, was telling. I think if you're on a wayside and you hear the home side booing, you've probably done a pretty decent yeah. job. What about Roy's glasses? Are you happy about those? <laughs> Look, as long as he could see, <laughs> he could it with all the rain, the wind. I'm happy. He looked like he looked like the uh, looked like something. If you if you illustrated him, he looked like uh, the the advert for Professor Burp's Bubble Works at Chessington uh, <laughs> uh, World of Event. In my mind, anyway. But look, so yeah, I think that organisation that we were we were tough to beat. If you had to choose one side who deserved it more than the other, yeah. it was Watford. You know, they would have been very excited to have Cornet back. They would have been excited to see Veghorst. And I don't think either really caught the eye necessarily. So that you have to give Watford, Watford credit for that. They've gone away from home, kept a clean sheet and, and picked up a point. And I think my... And Kutchka, I think you know, Jace mentioned the, the midfield there, helping out the, the defence. And I think that's right. Kutchka was one of the names that we mentioned, well, I certainly mentioned about worrying about. I thought he was back to his sort of one of his much more positive performances and had a real impact on the, on the game. He, he is quite a blood and thunder performer isn't he quite quite aggressive he doesn't mind sort of throwing himself around a bit and we did see that and there's obviously negatives to that but what you want to see from a player like that is a willingness to do it throughout and actually to to channel that sort of exuberant shall we call it and he and he and he did that I thought today and he was a, probably the Watford player that you saw p- popping up more often than not so I think credit credit to him certainly he seems to be the type of player that when we hear about people who've worked under under Roy, where he can make an average player yeah. good. You know, you get a player, like you say, funneling that energy, funneling that, that terriness in the right way could be huge for him, but more huge for Watford to you know, make him much more of a regular, yeah. contribute to regular impact yeah, player on, on the squad. Midfield-wise, Jason, nothing particularly outstanding um, didn't feel like they were dominating anything and we weren't necessarily any, any chances we made it, it wasn't really coming through that midfield on a regular basis Kembe went off cleverly came on I didn't feel like we saw the terrier of, of, of Tom uh, in, in that game or, or I thought he did well when he came on you know I'm preempting here Jace will, will, will want to say something much more articulate this but I thought it was a decent sub and I thought he was he was tenacious and I thought it was but not Terry though well no I think he was he snapped into tackles he he slammed a couple he got a did he get a bookie Uh, he did did. probably probably the second one that he was he was due maybe and I yeah, and I think that just shows we we had a question in the in the live pod in the in the week whether people like cleverly get the cleverly and Cathcart I think Mm. We, we gave Cathcart a bit of, of, of praise in the first half. Cleverly came on. It shows the value in a game like this, in conditions like that, of having someone like that with the, with the nous to come in and, and to keep it really, really tight. So I think he, he showed the necessary sort of verve and uh, determination. And it, was, I mean, it felt like a positive substitution to me as well. You look at the sort of their natural games, KMB's more defensive-minded, isn't he? And I suppose from a... Hit the positive impact on the game that he could have would be sort of pinging balls out in that sort of quarterback playmaker style. Mm. And we didn't see as much of that, I don't think, from him today. It was more about when we were moving the ball forward, the, the, the forwards were picking up the ball in much deeper positions and then carrying the ball forward and then maybe getting it wide or maybe we're getting it wide earlier, but it less from sort of KMB pinging balls sort of left and right. So bringing Cleverly on, he's 
plays sort of further up the pitch are a lot more advanced and I think we saw that from him sort of the, the denouement being the, the chance he had late on slight deflection Pope had to get down and make a good save mm-hmm. so yeah I think yes bringing him on was a, was a positive and we yeah, almost almost got a goal from it so are you saying me again I was looking for the the unstoppable you know Duracell bunny that we saw of, of, of Tom against Chelsea so another performance of funneling this energy in the right way under under Roy I mean Sissoko is a handy player to have I think he's a he's a he's a captain he's a big presence I don't think he's at the peak of his powers at the moment he looks like he's just struggling a little bit first touch seems a little bit heavy sometimes um, and we what you want to see him do against certainly against a team like Burnley pick the ball up deep and maraud with it drive on with it because we know he can do that drive forward that 10-15 paces and then pick a pass and he, he kind of starts doing that and then loses control a little bit or and, and, and loses possession and we're not quite getting it from him at the moment but I, I still think he's instrumental certainly in a game like this I think against I don't know perhaps against West Ham United in the week or against a, a better side than Burnley we need him to be. We need him to step up, up a little bit. He's not letting us down, yeah. but I think yeah, if yeah. Watford are going to drag their, their, themselves out of this, ourselves, sorry, out of out of this, we need players like him to be at nine and nine and a half, and not seven and seven and a half, which I think is is where he's at at the moment. But good enough today, but that's not going to be good enough for the rest of the season. Harsh, but I think that's where we're at. You going back to us dragging us out of it? This whole thing about you playing Sunday League football, Mike. You're not, you're not going to get the picture at Vicarage Road. Uh, attacking-wise, we, we saw the substitution of uh, Jao Pedro going off uh, and Kucho coming on. Yeah. Just had a bit more energy to it all. But you think you, you mentioned earlier, Mike, that decision-making for you know between Jao Pedro and, and King, there were several occasions where they were sort of storming forward with chances, balls underneath their feet was that them was that the pitch was that the wind I, I wasn't down there with them I can't tell you that it's hopefully that's what it was they just weren't releasing the ball quick enough they weren't doing things quick enough were they Jason and as Mike said it just feel like we needed a, something extra and we didn't have any gears really to come off off the bench to help us out yeah I think with Jao Pedro perhaps it's down to um youthfulness and inexperience sort of in terms of that final decision making sometimes he wants to try and do it himself and we've we've seen we have seen this season where he has got that ability to pick the ball up and then get himself out of certain situations where you think he's got two or three players around him and he has got the skill and the strength to get out of that and then play a pass have a shot whatever just at, at times today and, and I mean it's probably look back to the, the Norwich game as well where he had that chance late in the first half when perhaps he could have played a pass again sort of wrong decision making it will come it will come with him and, and that will come with, with more game time um, so it seems a bit churlish to call him out for it at, at this stage That it, it, it yeah there's, there's definitely a player there and sometimes he'll do that and it will come off and it will look really good it just, yeah, there were one or two times there when it seemed to be the obvious ball. And, and to be fair, probably not just him as well. There were a couple of other times where players had the ball when we were turning back inside when you had Kamara or you had Kiko that are pushed up wide in good positions. Easy ball out because Burnley are defending narrow 
and we've taken the wrong option. And, and perhaps that's the difference between a 1-0 win and a, and a 0-0 draw. Can I ask you, John, I actually thought that although both Joshua King and, and, and Joe Pedro didn't quite get it right today, mm. what I enjoyed was it didn't look to me like they were lacking in confidence. Did you feel feel that as well? Or? Well, that's the thing with Joe Pedro is what is his confidence about? Is his confidence all about being young and youthful and I can take on the world? Or is his confidence for a more, as most mature players have, where I've been scoring some goals, I'm ready to have a go. And and that thought that you sort of put in my head there, Michael, like the were they making bad decisions because they felt they had something to prove and they had to do something for themselves and get their head straight? Maybe, yeah, I think that that's a strong feeling. But with Roy... You know, we we know, you know, Jason's sort of saying with Jab Pedro, the fact that he is getting better for us from when we first seen him and we like to see this energy. Do you actually think his lack of experience might be the thing to keep him out of Roy's team? No, I don't think so. I think Roy will have seen... I love the way we call him Roy. <laughs> and he's, just, he's just Roy. He is just Roy, isn't he? I think uh, the manager will... Well, enjoy, there'll be lots to enjoy, I think, in that in that performance because of that. It is fearless and it is that sort of youthful exuberance. But I think Joshua King had that as well. He's willing to sort of stop, knock it back inside with a little back heel inside. That you know, we we said before kickoff that we have struggled for for goals, and these guys haven't exactly been setting the world on fire. But I didn't see them taking a backward step tonight. And, and yes, that resulted in the wrong decision. And yes, they didn't score. But they weren't hiding. They weren't being meek. They weren't making the wrong decision out of any other reason other than to try and fashion a chance for themselves or to make sure they fashion the right chance for the for their colleague. And that usually, when when you're lacking in confidence or haven't been scoring or winning, you take an extra extra touch because you want to make sure it's on a plate. And I think that's what we we saw tonight. But I think if I was a manager, I'd probably see from those guys enough. And Cucho, in fairness, when he when he came on, I think he always looks bright when he comes on. Cucho Hernandez. I don't think he's got the natural talent of of Jao, of Jao Pedro. I don't think he's got necessarily the the strength, perhaps, of Joshua King. But what you you do see is that 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 fire, that spark. And if he can get a little bit of space and get it onto his right foot and get a shot off, we we know what can happen. So I think Roy Hodgson will have been pleased with elements of what he saw in that in that final third as as I was but it's like we've said all season they've all got to be better like we, that thing, that what we were talking about Musa Sissoko seven or seven out of and a half out of ten is all right it'll get us a point away at Burnley but we're now at the stage where we need to beat teams like Crystal Palace we need to get something out of Leicester at home we probably need to get something out of Everton at home you know all these sides who are basically better than us so we need to be at, at higher levels and that goes to everyone on the pitch and the, it, and the goal scorers as well they've they will probably feel happier with their season so far than anyone else but we're not putting the ball in the in the back of the net we've played Burnley and Norwich in the last two games the two other teams in the relegate well you know you know what I mean and we haven't scored so well we have got players to come back you know yeah. we, have, we, have, we have we have Sar coming back and that's the hopefully that's why I'm again out of all the the defence the midfield and the attack that's the biggest thing that we definitely can find more levels out of just purely from returning players is it was it enough Michael the striving of life is always to have enough not to have everything but to have enough do you think 
you feel we have enough from that game? Uh, I'll come back to you. Jason, was that enough? I, I, my immediate thoughts went back to when Javi came in, when he took over from Marco Silva and, and we were on a complete downward spiral, weren't we? And he started, in terms of league, uh, started with a tricky wet and windy Tuesday night in Stoke, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Um, which was, I think again was a nil-nil wasn't it so and it just sort of just sort of stopped the rot and I think that's what hopefully um, Roy's done here uh, I've had a lot of people sort of asking me in the week saying oh another new manager what's is he going to do it and I've been saying I think he'll make us better whether there are enough teams around us in reach for us to be able to get out of trouble I'm not so sure only time will tell on that I think judging by tonight the, the organisation the defence I think he has made us better from where we've been in recent weeks so I think it's a step in the right direction not quite, you're not quite saying enough yet Jason is it enough for now Michael for today for this game not the win that would be plenty was it enough? I mean it's enough for now we didn't, we didn't lose um, which would have I think seen us go go bottom it would have been pretty devastating from a confidence point of view, both for the players and us as supporters, to lose to both Burnley and Norwich in in successive games. So we've gone away from home. We've got a monkey off our back in in, in the shape of a of the clean sheet hoodoo. So we've done that. We've shown we can do it. But as Jason said, and as I mentioned earlier, it it very much feels like we are playing a different game to most of the Premier League at the moment. Still, and you know the 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 conditions tonight were horrendous weren't they there was you know Ben Foster was worrying about the, the advertising board blowing blowing on it he said he couldn't feel his forehead which is probably too much uh, too much YouTube mate if I concentrate to watching too much screens we're nowhere near as good as three quarters of the division that's the reality and I think a lot depends on how well Newcastle do because I mean look the bottom line is if we win six games and draw two I think we stay up okay. My question is, if we can't beat Burnley, can't beat Norwich, can't beat Newcastle, can't beat Leeds... We can beat Man City. You're absolutely right, Michael. That's going to happen for the first time. Now, you're absolutely right. But I, I still think in the context of this game, where we are with Roy, his impact so far, you know, you can train for two weeks, three weeks, five weeks. You only really learn, you only really develop yeah. by playing games. And I think as the game of football goes, it's better than before. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. A Watford FC podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is From the Rookery End. Remember, you can subscribe to The Athletic uh, and get a special deal via From the Rookery End. You just go to theathletic.com forward slash 
Rookery End uh, and there's of course all the writing that Adam does about Watford Football Club uh, you can get involved with a live podcast that we do uh, via the Athletic app you can everyone can listen but of course you can only get involved if you're a subscriber but um, there's always an, a, a plethora of things to, to read on there, Mike. And this week there was a, a special article with an interview with Danny Webber, former Watford player, uh, about uh, about Jimmy Davis. Uh, the full story is is on the Athletic. But it just reminded me of of that those that couple of weeks really uh, where we were excited about this young player and we hear all about the the great young player that he was and the potential in that article. Uh, but it was such a weird couple of weeks as, as Watford fans when that news came out yeah obviously de- desperately desperately sad and you know the, the, how much quick, how quickly time moves on to to, to, to recognise it being that that anniversary but I remember it clearly absolutely clearly getting ready to go to the first game of the season sun was shining I think I had shorts on I was actually going to go to the game in flip flops and my brother came to pick me up and he went are you going in that I was like yeah summer man come on let's roll uh, yeah I remember it clear as day and then News started filtering, filtering through that the the game was off, uh, and then it quickly became clear that it was down to the the tragic death of of Jimmy Davis. And I think, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's nice nice to remember him, but also desperately sad to to think about a career that never had a chance to fulfil what obviously was was huge potential, and more importantly, on a human level, someone who was just obviously taken taken far too soon but yeah nice to hear on the on the athletic those the memories and and to keep the memory of of someone who is obviously important to a lot of people you know obviously he's important to people as a as family member but people who played with him um had such fond fond memories and high hopes so yeah it's just yeah, really really sad and and i think a, a lesson for us all just that how quickly time time goes you can read that now on The Athletic, uh, as well as all the other great things uh, that The Athletic write and, and deep analysis of the game of football. We have a game only days away, Jason, away at the London Stadium against West Ham United. We need another step, of course. We've got some players to come back in Dennis and loser will be a few more days back, a few more days fitter, a few more days in Roy's mind. Do you think, though, you're going to we're going to see or any changes from Roy, especially to start that game? Maybe one or two. I mean, that that would have been a, a toil today in that weather. So I'm sure he'll want to put a couple of fresh legs maybe in there. Um, obviously, Dennis coming back, you'd think he'd want to bring him back into the side. Would loser be a worthy change in that midfield, especially the slightly more playmaking? I might not chat. I mean, it, you, you'd imagine defensively it's going to be more of a test against West Ham who I was going to say about us having to toil they had to play all the players that were playing had to play a lot of football today in their cup tie against Kidderminster that went to uh, extra time and wasn't an easy ride for them Um, I'd probably keep the midfield as it was for the reasons I was mentioning earlier about how well set up we are as a unit maybe take Ken off maybe put I mean do you keep Pedro in and put Dennis on the left, possibly? I don't know. Would you could you do that? Or is that too risky? Or do you put Dennis on the right as a more natural attacking threat down that side? I, I think it's going to be a pretty similar lineup. I just think there's the opportunity to make one or two just to 
maybe put a bit more potency in the attack and just to freshen up the legs from such a quick turnaround from from tonight's game. I think Dennis comes in and they and I think they switch. I think they switch. they've seen Watford do that without with limited success in all fairness <laughs> this season. But I think Dennis has to come in. He's he's the spark. And whilst he's had a an up and down couple of games. Ironically, while Afcon's been on, culminating in a pretty disappointing sending off against Norwich, I think he has a spark, doesn't he? And whether it's that unpredictability or that drive or that confidence that he's had, uh, and how he would have performed in those conditions tonight against a loath to say physical Burnley side, but they were from from time to time. Whether he would have actually fancied it that much, I'm I'm not sure. But I think West Ham. There will be more space. There'll be more opportunity for the for the attack-minded players to get into the game. There'll be more opportunities to to perhaps unlock the pass with a bit more culture, if you like. Whether it comes too quickly for loser, and also whether it fits in with Roy's sort of pragmatic and approach of one step at a time, which I think it has to be. Because if we could pick up a point on on Tuesday night, that would be an enormous enormous point and that really would be um, a step in the right direction in terms of giving us some sort of belief in terms of the organisation and the setup and that gives, gives you something to, to build on two points in two games away from home um, against different opposition would be huge so I don't think we're going to see too much that's going to rock the boat d- defensively but if they, if it is going to be a change it'd be Dennis in for, for Ken Semmer who was fine tonight he, yeah. he worked away he worked hard and he did Ken Semmer things but away at West Ham I think we need something with a little bit more oomph a little bit of je ne sais quoi yeah whatever that is in uh, in Nigerian <laughs> thank you very much Jason thank you thank you thank you very much Michael and for hosting this evening it's not a win but it's a clean sheet we'll take that and I think we ought to dedicate this uh, this podcast to all the, the Watford supporters oh. who went up there to, to turf more tonight um, all got their own uh, free scarf I think by the end of the game they wish it was a free towel yeah well absolutely and uh, you know that is that's dedication and that is it's a massive effort many of them will, it will be the third time of asking yeah. so to sort of dust yourself down and say right let's go again the weather up there was was horrific but I know for a fact none of them will regret any of it for a minute so I think this uh, this episode of De- from the Rickery End and that clean sheet dedicated to those amazing Watford fans who made it up to Turf Moor tonight we'll be back with a midweek podcast reflect on that West Ham away game and way fingers crossed more amazing things are coming Martin Keown thinks there are so it's gonna happen come on yawns The Athletic.